What wasn't able to be done, God made it able. Let me tell you today, moms, God is able to do in those children what you can't do. Proverbs tells us very clearly in the 22nd verse, if you raise that child in the way, in the way, who is the way? Raise that child in the way. They may turn this way, they may turn that way, but the way will continue to move in on their lives. Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. It's 139 Psalm if you have your Bibles. Uh, I'm going to get moms out of here quickly because today is their day. Okay, listen to me, moms. Today is the day your husband will do anything you desire. Your husband and your children are at your beck and call. Some of you husbands are getting nervous, aren't you? This is a controlled day. Al, that's okay. That's okay. I, I, I can see. I can see the <clears throat> exuberance in your face. Yes. 139th Psalm. I just want to talk to moms for just a minute this morning. Uh, in Scripture, long before there was ever a mother, God described a mother. He defined a mother. God created man and woman, created man from the dust of the earth. He caused a deep sleep to fall upon the man and, and take a rib out of his side. And the Bible says he formed the woman. He created the man out of the dust of the earth, but he formed the woman. Now, when you actually look at that word formed in the original language, it literally says that he took great time and detail. <coughs> Excuse me. He took time and detail in forming this great creation. So wonderful was this creation, thank you, that when God brought Eve to Adam, all Adam could say is, whoa, man. My humor does get better. Come on, Matthew, work with me a little bit there. Oh, it does. You can do better. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to ask Matthew again. I'm just not. But God purposely and dedicatedly 
formed this, this wonderful creation that is called woman. And I believe part of the reason he did that is he knew that all of creation would follow suit. You and I, as I've already said, are here. And if we are here today, we have a mother, a mother to thank. Look at the 139th Psalm. You formed my inward parts, knitting my, me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. So if you ever sit back and you sometimes think, oh, thank you. Thank you. We'll do that in just a minute. But don't let me forget, please. If you sometimes think, well, you know, I'm just kind of the, you know, the, the low man, or I'm just the low, you know, I just, you know, when God was making me, he did it. No, folks, look, look what he said. Wonderful are your works. You know what that means? You're wonderful. You are wonderful. Every single man and woman and child sitting in this room and in this building today, God says, you are wonderful. You were fearfully, you were wonderfully made. Look at somebody and say, God thinks I'm wonderful. Go ahead. Today is Mother's Day. And as I've already said, if you are sitting here today, you've got a mom to thank. Now, some of us are sitting here and our moms have already gone home. They've already gone home to be with the Lord. My mom is still alive. My dad went home a few years ago. And, but those memories, those things that you got from your mom, I can guarantee if you're here and you're a daughter, one of these days you're going to look back and say, why am I doing this? And all of a sudden you'll remember, that's what mom used to do. And some of you daughters here whose moms have already gone to glory, you can remember things that your mom used to do. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a, if you ever have lunch with me, you ever have dinner with me, when I'm done having dinner, it's kind of a, a little bit of a, a mockery thing for me. People mock me about it. But uh, Pastor Philemon will be sitting there across the table from me, and I'll be done eating. And all of a sudden, all of my area gets clean. The area in front of me, and it's all piled in Pastor Philemon's side. Or if you are sitting across from me, I might be in your side. It's just my area gets clean. And I'm thinking, where the world did I get that? Well, before my dad died, I was over the house visiting him one time. And you know what I noticed? The area in front of him. I mean, it was a mess everywhere else, but the area in front of him. See, we pick up these things because there's these innate things that work inside of us. Mom, you are wonderful. You are incredible. And God has used you as an instrument to craft us sons and the daughters that are here today. God has used you inside your womb. He knit and he, he wove together and he made this masterpiece called a child. And he used you to bring that child into the world. There's no other way for that child to get here. He used you as the masterpiece of his creation. But he did it for a reason, that every one of those children bring glory to God. 
in the mother's womb, God designed. Now, I want to get a little bit and talk about the human body. It is such a complex and unique organism. In this world of, that is complex all around us, the human body is the most complex and unique organism in the world. And that complexity and uniqueness speaks volumes of the mind of our creator. Every aspect of the body, down to the tiniest microscopic cell, reveals that you and I are fearfully and wonderfully made. Such a beautiful picture that God designs of his own heart in the involvement of the creation of your life and mine. And he does it all in our mother's womb. And they're the ones that carry the brunt of it. They're the ones that carry us for nine months. Now, I want to give you a word of encouragement, moms. Anything that ends in what is called labor, you know is going to bring a little tough dealing in life. And you went through some labor to bring these wonderful creations into this world, didn't you? So the difficulties you have with them, it's all part and parcel. Can somebody say amen? Today, in your notes, our mothers deserve so much. They deserve so much appreciation, so much love, so much of our hearts. Whether we had a great experience in our upbringing or we came from a broken home, God chose our mother to play a vital role in our life and to bring us into the world. But let me make a couple statements. You are no accident. I am no accident. But I want to go a little bit further. The mother God chose to bring you into this world was not an accident either. You might say, well, she was this, that, or the other thing. There was a purposeful reason that God used the design he used. You see, God is sovereign. And today, no matter where you are, where you've been, or where you're going, if you will make a choice, today is that day, and you will trust in God's sovereignty, I don't care what kind of past you've had, I don't care what kind of upbringing you have, God can bring healing and hope to your life, young man or young woman. We've got a little video that we're going to show at this point. And it's just a little video about you, Mom, about how wonderful, how incredible you are as we continue in our message today. Would you, Bob?
many can say amen? We can see the beauty of God and the beauty of a mother. I know as parents, we say that our children are gifts from God. But let me say this, mom, in the truest sense of the word, you were a gift to us. And for that, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. You see, mom, you nurtured us. You cared for us. You closed us, just like the video already depicted. You changed us. You fed us. You bathed us. You held us in our best moments. You helped us in our darkest. When we could do nothing, you did everything. Mothers truly are a gift from God, aren't they? Looking at the scripture, I want to bring out what I have found, some pictures of mom. So for a few moments, I want to share some of the attributes that we specifically see in great men or great women of God. I started to say men and women. I said, okay. See, that's, pe- preachers kind of get like that. We just, yeah. I, I say it's day when it's night. I say it's night when it's day. That's, I used to say that's a sign of a good preacher, but the older I get, I realize it's just a sign of getting older. <laughs> so for a few moments, I want to share with you the great attributes that I see in God's word about moms. Moms have great faith. How many believe that today? I tell you what, my mom, she raised 10 kids. We were raised Catholic, and back when, when I was young, Catholics really pressed the whole thing of procreation. You know, that was, that's what, you know, uh, all the intimacy was for. Everything was about producing children, and if, if God wanted you to have a children, it didn't matter if it was one or a hundred. You're going to have them. Well, my mom, after the 10th kid, the doctors told her, if you have another one, because all, all 10 of us were born in like 12 or 13 years. It was, I mean, it's like she went from being pregnant to having a baby and then she's pregnant again. And, and uh, so the doctors told her. And so she went to the priest and the priest said, well, you can't do anything about it. Well, they did. And we didn't have any more. And my mom and dad, my mom was asked many times, how did you raise 10 kids? You know, mom's response was, Oh, it was actually pretty easy. They kind of raised themselves. After you had about four of them, they just kind of took care of each other. And so they, you know, uh, 10 brothers and sisters, seven boys and three girls. And and they were all singles, no doubles. So that even makes it a little more interesting. My mom had great faith because she truly could take, you know, and, and feed a host of people out of nothing. Hannah. When I was putting this sermon together, my mind was immediately taken to this woman, Hannah. She prayed and and she prayed and she prayed for a child. And then she made a promise to God. And ladies, I want you to listen to this. She made a promise of what she would do if her prayer was answered. Let me share something with you, mom. We need to learn from Hannah's faith. And instead of trying to raise our kids on our own, instead of trying to do right on our own, Turn them to God. Say, God, if you will give me this son, this daughter, I will give him to you. I will give her to you. And we know that the great prophet Samuel was the one that was the answer of her prayer. In Samuel 1, look what the scripture says. For this child I prayed for, 
And the Lord has granted me my petition that I made to him. Therefore, look what it says. I have lent him to the Lord. And as long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. Look at me, moms. Your children, you need to turn them over to God. Your son, your daughter, I don't care how good, how bad. I don't care how struggled, how difficult. You need to turn them over to God. And say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this child to God. God, and some of you can tongue in cheek inside said, I'm not doing any good with them. So here, go ahead, have them. But there's something that happens to that kind of faith. When we realize, okay, God, you created this child in my womb. You gave this child to me. Well, I'm going to give him back to you because ultimately that's why you gave him to me. Are you with me? We go to another more unfamiliar woman, but once you know the woman's son's name, you'll know exactly her name is Jochebed. She was Moses's mother. She, also a woman of great faith. Why? Because Pharaoh was so concerned about the, 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 the Jewish people that he passed a decree that all the male babies would be killed. Jochebed loved Moses so desperately, her son, that she went to great lengths to protect her. Great faith to stand against even, even the power of the Pharaoh. And the Bible says we record in Exodus t- chapter 2 that when Jochebed could hide Moses no longer, she took him in a basket made out of bulrush, daubing it with bitumen and pitch, and she put Moses in it and placed him among the reeds of the riverbank. And we know what happened. The waves took Moses traveling down the river to the house of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh's daughter happened to see this baby coming to her. Well, they didn't know if it was Egyptian. They didn't know if it was Israeli or a Jewish at the time. But they found that it was a Jewish baby. But the daughter of Pharaoh said, I want to keep him. And it was interesting that his own mother still raised him. Because as he was floating down the river, she was walking down the river bank. And the Pharaoh's daughter said, I need a nursemaid. Will you come take care of this baby? See, moms have great faith. Moms know that somehow God is going to make this work. That somehow God's going to take this precious gift that he's given me. And he's going to make me a gift to her or him. That's what happened with Jacobin. God used her in a a majestic way because she had great faith. Hannah had great faith. Moms today, don't ever underestimate your faith. Step out, step in and watch God do incredible things as you return that child to him, even if it means you let go of him, let go of her and give her and him back to God and say, God, I'll just be your handmaiden and I'll raise him before you. Can somebody say amen? See, something about moms, they have great commitment. I want to talk to you about a woman, much in her older years, by the name of Elizabeth. Elizabeth, more than anything, wanted to have a child between her and her husband, Zechariah. Barren for all those years, 
but she prayed. And she made a commitment to God to remain faithful and to live obedient to him all the days of her life. Listen to this, whether she received a child or not. So many times our commitments are contingent. Well, God, if you'll do this, I'll do that. And I found so many people that said, well, God, you get me out of this situation, I'll serve you forever. Pretty soon they're out of the situation and God's nowhere to be found. Not because God's not waiting, because they're not looking anymore. But this is what Elizabeth did. said, God, it doesn't matter. I'm going to serve you and her and Zechariah. We find them in in Luke chapter 1. Zechariah and Elizabeth, listen to what it says here, were both righteous before God. That word righteous meant they stood right before God. They were in right relationship with God. And they walked blamelessly in all the commandments. Folks, these are amazing things that the word of God is saying about this couple. The commandments, the statutes, the ceremonies of the Lord. But they had no child. Elizabeth was barren. And they were both were very advanced in their years. Well, as a woman we're going to talk about shortly, an angel showed up to Elizabeth and said, don't be afraid. Showed up to Zechariah, don't be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. And your, li- your wife is going to bear a son. Oh, not just any son. His name's going to be John. He is going to be the voice of one crying in the wilderness. He is going to be the fulfillment of prophecy out of the book of Malachi, that the coming of the Lord is going to be preceded by the spirit of Elijah. Elijah was the voice of one crying in the wilderness in the Old Testament. John, who we call the Baptist. No, he was not a Baptist. He baptized people. I've had Baptist people say, that's, you see, that's why that's the, we're the real church. No, he was a baptizer. He wasn't a bap. Well, he did baptize, so I'd make him a Baptist. I could, yeah, anyway, you got it. Became the mother of John. Another woman that's not talked about a lot in this capacity, but yet I, I, I had to include her in this. A woman of great commitment was one named Esther. You see, Esther loved all as if they were her own. She literally took responsibility upon herself. Though the scripture doesn't show her as having any children, the whole nation of Israel became her children at one place. Robert Brault said these words. He said, there is an instinct in a woman to love most her own child. But listen to this. And there's also an instinct to make any child who needs her love her own. There's something about a mom. When you get around kids, it's like your antennas go up. If you don't have a child, it doesn't matter if you're sitting here. I can tell the story about our daughter. When she was raising up, uh, Jenny didn't even want kids. And then something happened. Now she has her first baby, and she's an incredible mama. But something happens. You know why? That's what God placed in you, Mom. That's what God placed in you, young lady. That even if you don't have children of your own, there's something about children around you that causes that nurturing, that desire to start to well up. Let's look at Esther. 
in the book of Esther chapter 4, verse 13 through 16. So incredible was her commitment that it was even a book in the Bible. Mordecai replied to Esther, don't think for a moment that because you're in this palace, you will escape all the Jews to be killed. We come up to the story that is being written here. There was a decree passed that all the Jewish were to be killed because a man by the name of Naaman didn't like didn't like the fact that the Jews were raising up and he himself wanted to have more power. So he rose up and talked to uh, the, 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 uh, the king at the time and said, we need to get rid of all these Jews. They're going to cause an uprising. Well, the Bible tells us that all the Jews were going to be killed and Esther became queen, her herself a Jew. Her uncle Mordecai came to her and said, don't think just because you're in that palace, you're going to escape. If you stay quiet at this time, listen to the faith of Mordecai. He said, if you're going to be quiet at this time, God will use deliverance from some other way. But you and your relatives will all die. And then I want you to underline this in your notes. Because mom, there comes a time in your life that God sometimes does things unbeknownst. Who knows if perhaps you were made a queen for such a time as this? Who knows that maybe God is going to do something in just a moment, in just a matter of time, that's going to change everything for such a time as this? Esther responded to Mordecai, said, go and tell all the people to fast. Fast for three days. Tell them not to drink or eat. He said, my maids and I will do the same. And look at the great commitment of her to the children of Israel to herself as a mother figure. And I will go against the law. The law was that the queen could not go stand before the king except he summoned her. If he walked to, if she walked to him without being summoned, it was instant death. Look what she said. Even though the law tells me not to, I will go to see the king. And if I must die, I will die. See, there's something about a mom that makes a commitment that says, Nothing else matters. I've got children I got to take care of. I got family I got to take care of. Husbands, listen to me. You think you got one or two or three kids? Throw yourself in the mix. You just happen to be the biggest kid in the house. I got one amen from the moms in this room. I that was that was you missed a great place to shout. Mary, another woman of great commitment. The Bible says she was a virgin. She was but a child still. The angel of the Lord appeared to Mary. Why? Because Mary bowed her knees and heart to God to, to submit to his call and cherish his will with her life. There's something I know about moms that make this kind of commitment those many things seem to fall apart. God brings all things back together. Let's look at Mary's life. Luke chapter one, once again, Mary has had a visitation from the angel of the Lord and her response to this angel was not questioning other than how do I, how does this happen? I, I, I'm not married. I don't know any guys. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Her response was, let it be according to your word. 
And then she brought out what we know today is called the magnificent. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And then you skip down into chapter 2, verse 19, and it says, And Mary treasured all the things that she was hearing, and she was pondering all these things. Mom, remember that time you first found out you were pregnant? And you started thinking, well, what is it, boy or girl? Back in the day when I was young, we didn't do the ultrasound thing. We, we just wait until it showed up. You bought some blue, you bought some pink. Now they have these big parties. And they, what do they call it? Revealing. Revealing. There was a step there. <laughs> Revealing parties. And, all the, you know, they have this, whatever they do, our, 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 our youngest daughter, she did some bubblegum. Bubble gum. That's what it was. They had blue and pink bubblegum, and they popped the one that it wasn't or something like that. And Yeah. So, but back then, I mean, it was just surprise. <laughs> that's happened with Pastor Philemon and, and Sister Jane. They have three girls, beautiful girls. And then all of a sudden, a few years later, Surprise. Junior shows up. Did you have a revealing party? No? Yeah. <laughs> After three, the only revealing is, is we need a towel to wipe the sweat off our brows. <laughs> but you know what Elizabeth did? She said, God, according to your word. See, if this child is a boy, this child is a girl, it makes no difference. It's a gift of God. And I'm going to be the gift that God gave me to be his mother, her mother. Can somebody say amen? Amen. Lastly, this morning, a mom's, they remain faithful. They remain faithful when others turn faithless. Us guys throw in the towels at time. I... I listened to moms and dads, and the dad said, well, I'm going to take care of the house for you today. Honey, go do whatever you want. <laughs> Some of you guys, I'm bringing these, ter- these horrible memories back to your mind when you first realize the incredible woman that you had as your wife. How do they take care of this child? How do they take care of this incredible creation? And then you never offer to give her a day alone again. Sarah was one such woman. God promised them 25 years earlier that she would have a son. She laughed, and that's where Isaac's name came from because it means laughter. Sarah believed God. Ladies, please let me encourage you with these words as I bring this message to a close. Sarah believed God and took God at his word that this is going to be a gift. I don't care where you're at, where you've been with that child, whether he's here, she's here, not here, whether it's been struggles, whether God says, I gave that child to you. Give him back to me. Give her back to me, and I'll help him become. Now, I I know some of us would sit back and say, Pastor, I'm doing that. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't be weary in well-doing. Don't become faithless. Remain faithful. 
even in times when Sarah felt like giving up. Hebrews chapter 11 records it this way. By faith. Remember the promise was 25 years earlier. By faith, Sarah is now almost 100 years old. Her husband's older than that. By faith, look what it says here. She received power to conceive. What wasn't able to be done, God made it able. Let me tell you today, moms, God is able to do in those children what you can't do. Proverbs tells us very clearly in the 22nd verse, if you raise that child in the way, in the way, who is the way? Raise that child in the way. They may turn this way, they may turn that way, but the way will continue to move in on their lives. And that's what you got to do is you got to say, God, this is yours. This is your boy. This is your girl. Years ago, I started praying for my children, for other children, other people. Say, God, whatever it takes. I don't care if they have to hit rock bottom before they realize they got to build a good foundation. I don't care if they got to run flat into a wall a hundred times. They're yours, and I give them back to you. I read a story, and I kept just this one little line out of this story. It was by a man by the name of Brooke, and I left it in your notes. A little girl was asked, honey, where's your home? And look at her response, wherever my mom is. When you watch the sports games, I still am waiting for somebody to say, over the camera, thanks, Dad, or hi, Dad. Every one of them say what? Hi, Mom. Thanks, Mom. They all do. Why? Because there's something God placed in there. This little girl said, my home is wherever my mom is. Can I tell you something? Some of the struggles that you and I have in this room is because we've somehow or another allowed that, 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 that relationship to be, to be broken a little bit. The Bible says that Sarah, by faith, I know that many mothers stand up when everyone else gives out. But a mom will stand up to do what needs to be done and generally what must be done when there is no one else that will and many times even can do something. There is story after story after story of a man or a woman, a son or a daughter whose lives was changed because mama, you found your place on your knees. Oh no, the struggle didn't change. No, the struggle didn't get easier. But ultimately, that's the way you got him to stand. You got her to stand is because you kneeled. I shared this story a few years ago, and I, if you listen to the radio program this morning, I shared this story on the radio, a true story. During the Holocaust of World War II, Solomon Rosenberg, along with his wife, his two sons, and his mother and father were led to a Nazi concentration camp. It was a labor camp, and the rules were very simple. As long as you can produce, as long as you can work, you're permitted to live. The minute you become too weak to work, you die. Rosenberg, 
shortly after they were taken into the camp, watched his mother and father be marched off to the gas chambers because they were frail and they could not work. But immediately his mind left his mother and father. Though it was crushed and his heart was torn, he immediately went to his youngest son, David, because David too was a frail child. Every evening after the long hours of work at the labor camp, Rosenberg would come back to the barracks and search everywhere for the faces of his family. And when he found them, they would all come together. They would huddle together and embrace, thanking God for another day of life. One day, Rosenberg came back after a long day in the labor camp, and he couldn't find the faces. He searched frantically, and finally, he discovered the oldest son, Joshua. He was huddling in the corner, weeping and crying and praying. And the father frantically searched the whole, the whole camp house and couldn't find anyone else. And, and, and he looked at Joshua. He said, Joshua, please, don't tell me. It, 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 tell me it's not so. And Joshua, crying and weeping, still said, yes, Daddy, it is so. It is so, Daddy. David was not strong enough to work today, so they came for him. He began to cry, and he was afraid. And Mama grabbed his hand and said, don't cry. I'll go with you. Listen to me, moms. You do things that are so incredible. You see what I've just designed? That's motherhood. That's what a mom does. Don't worry. I'm going to be strong when you can't be. And dads, husbands, they're strong for us all the time. There's something God created in you, mom. There's something God created in you, mother. There's something God created in you, lady. that wants to be strong and is strong. She took his hand and went with him. You see, this is what I call the picture of motherhood. Something I've come to understand is that moms enable us to be everything we can be, even if it costs them everything they'll ever be. I want the worship team to come if they would. We're not going to have a long altar call today because I think I think all that needed to be accomplished is accomplished. And that is the fact that one of the greatest gifts known to mankind is sitting here in the form of a mother. And I, for one, I'm so thankful to my wife, who is an incredible mother, to so many that are here that are incredible mothers. God has given mothers as gifts to cherish and to learn from. And on Mother's Day, let's join together. This afternoon, guys, I don't care what's been planned. Say, Mom, honey, sweetie, darling, you're not going to do anything. I'm going to treat you, and I can't do much possibly, but I'm going to treat you with a little bit of the honor, the respect, the reward that you so deserve for your God-given role in helping me to become the man that I've become. 
you to become the man, the woman that you've become, that we are today. Moms, this is your day. God gave you the grace. God gave you the wisdom. And God gave you the strength. May God bless you in all you are, in all you do, and in all you've ever done. Let's let the moms know we appreciate them, would you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast. We are-